0: Radio
1: check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. I'm This is what you got with I've f- guessed it. I've absolutely guessed it. I enjoyed this so f- much. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, welcome on in. It's another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1. Alex Curie your host. Our other host, Dan Jimenez, every week right here, courtesy of KSL Sports and KSL Podcast. Uh, Dan, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad to... Uh, hold on, let me get this music turned down and then we'll, we'll be able to do this officially. Welcome to the program, uh, Dan. Good to see you again.
2: Good to see you, too.
1: Now, we, you and I have been playing with our uh, AI models. Um. And we're going to bring those back in. We're going to bring those into the show. I feel like uh, our listeners should not be denied the same info that we were given by AI this afternoon about the world of F1 and other things (laughs) that are also just as important. Uh, So welcome to Race Week, by the way. It was the longest freaking desert of a a week, wasn't it? That was like the longest wait ever.
2: We made it. We made it. That felt way longer than the (laughs) summer break in August. But, uh, yeah, we are 48 hours away from cars
1: on track. Uh, ooh, that's a good way to look at it. Just, like, go your life based off of the amount of time that you're going to be able to wait until you actually get to good racing. Which, by the way, there's going to be a lot this weekend, right? Will you please, yeah. right off the bat, explain to everybody who's listening what the heck the sprint race or uh, stuff is going to be this weekend and what has changed versus what we've seen in the past because we've seen sprint races But the drivers and teams have now decided on something wholly different. Explain what we're going to be watching this weekend and why it might be better.
2: Yeah. So just as a reminder of what sprint races have been, uh, they've been in an attempt to make Saturdays more exciting. Uh, And the sprint race format we've had is that qualifying gets pushed up to Friday instead of Saturday. And the qualifying sets the starting uh, grid for a sprint race, which is only 20 laps long on Saturday. And then where you finish in the sprint race on Saturday is where you start the race on Sunday. And the thought behind that is, you know, bringing some excitement. There's points, the top eight finishers in the sprint race get points. So first gets eight, second gets seven and so on. But the problem has been that the team just play it conservatively because there's just so much risk in that sprint race that could ruin your chances uh, or ruin your starting spot on Sunday. So people just play it really conservatively and it's a little bit of just like a parade, right? So the drivers and the teams went to Formula One management and they all got together and said, hey, we need to change how this is done. And what they asked for and what F1 granted was that uh, the sprint race is just wholly contained. So Saturday is a qualifying session and a, uh, a sprint race all just for Saturday and has no effect on Sunday. So they will practice on Friday morning and then they'll go in straight into qualifying. So only one practice session now, which we can come back to the pros and cons of that. But only one practice session on Friday. Then you're qualifying on Friday and that is for the Sunday race still. And then on Saturday, we wake up and you qualify again in a shorter qualifying format. And that then leads straight in. And that's for the sprint race. Then you lead straight into a 20 lap sprint race. Top eight get points. And then on Sunday, we start the race depending on how you qualified in the normal qualifying session on Friday. So I think it's it's weird to new fans. Um, It's not totally different than what other lower level series have done or, or like to do. It's not uncommon to have a mini race before the big race that are just kind of two separate events, uh, but it's new to formula one. So I think the goal for formula one is to get more viewers throughout Friday and Saturday. Uh, and I think the goal for the teams is to, okay, great. If we're going to put on a show on Friday and Saturday, or at least on Saturday, we don't want that to. Uh, directly affect um, our chances on Sunday. I think the downside is, is like the people will be more aggressive on Saturday. And then you could have teams that don't have a ton of budget to be able to wreck cars, like at risk of wrecking right. cars.
1: Yeah. And you know, I, I think that the benefit I guess would be also for the viewer. I, well, and I see that I see there's a little bit of a drawback too, for people who are maybe new F1 fans to be, because it'll be a confusing weekend, right? I mean, like you will go, yeah. So what's actually important here. And, in other race weekends that have been, you know, the traditional race weekends, it's been, hey, uh, here's your qualifying. This sprint this sprint race is kind of fun here in the middle. That's great. But, like, to have the your the race qualifying is Friday. Your sprint race is going to be Saturday, right? I mean, after just mm-hmm. like a, a fake little qualifying session that's going to be like a fake F2 uh, session. I think the benefit of all this is going to be, that we're not going going to do, get just those throwaway uh, free practices, right? I guess can teams find out as much about their car that they want to in these setups, uh, or are they just going to have to adjust and figure out how to do it with you know these formats? And by the way, this isn't going to be every race weekend either. It's only going to be you know a certain a set number of some that aren't that aren't like that, right?
2: It's going to be all the sprints for the rest of the year. So I think there's six sprint races this season. Uh, so all six will be this format. At least that's what they've said. Right. But yeah, I think, you know, there's less practice. There's now, uh, you know, one pra- real practice session instead of two, but the teams will still learn during the race on, um, Sunday and arguably they'll learn more from that sprint race than they would from just two free practice sessions right. on Saturday yeah. or, or one really. And then one on Friday. So the, they'll still learn a ton. Um, so I think it's kind of a toss-up on whether, like, is it going to make the racing on Sunday better or worse? We'll see. But I think it'll make Saturday more exciting because hopefully drivers and teams take more risks. And, um, you know, they could uh, choose to try, uh, like, a, an, an out-there idea on their setup or their approach for Saturday because the stakes are lower to, at the chance to try and learn something that they could, you know, gain and, and uh, implement for Sunday. So we might see the Red Bulls uh, because, I mean – like make no mistake like Red Bull wants those 8 points like the 8 points of the over the 6 sprint races 40 some odd points like that will add up over the season sure. so it's not like they don't want points then but they might be willing to take more risks to try something new on Saturday that might lead to um you know a non-traditional winner or like a non unexpected winner on Saturday
1: Yeah I'm interested to see kind of who's set up for you know what'll be lame is when they it quali- when you have a 1 2 qualifier from Red Bull on Friday you have them go one two in the sprint race, and then they go one two in the race on Sunday. And you go, what are we even doing here? Uh, I can't imagine. I think that the odds are pretty low on that, just because of how much racing is actually going to be done. But it is. There's 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 laps that make more di- more of a difference now, and it's more interesting to watch. I think from that sense. And you might have teams who perform better in that shorter stint, and uh, because I don't even think they in the they don't change tires even right in the in the sprint race. They just go those hundred kilometers, and that's it.
2: No, they don't have to, um, they, uh, I think the reason they did that, yeah, like the 20 laps or whatever is to not have to, um, change tires or anything. And so, uh, I think they, they could, if there were a safety car or something, I believe they can come in and change. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really just going to be about all out speed. And I, I just feel like if it's not going to determine the start for Sunday, then anybody who's like 10th or lower is just riding around. Really, like, what's the point? You know, if you're not going to get points, and it's not going to determine where you start on Sunday, like, are people just going to park their cars early? Like, I, I, I so <laughs> the back half of the field, I don't imagine anything exciting happening, but the top eight, hopefully, th- those guys will jockey for position.
1: We'll see. Uh, so I want to do something. Our very uh, this is our very first go at something fun here. Okay. Normally we talk very straightforward, we don't have any fun on the show. Okay. That's kind of our rule normally. <laughs> but we're gonna have some fun this week with the uh, fun fun is underrated, right? Fun is underrated. And I will say, look, I don't know, I've gotta I've gotta dive into I've spent way too much money over the last three days on uh AI chat generators and things <laughs> On my phone, partly because we're kind of experiment, experimenting with some stuff at work, and I thought, okay, I'll do this on my work time, and then uh, we'll try to we'll we'll play with it on our on our F one podcast as well, and we'll kind of figure it out. So there's a new segment that we're doing, Dan. It's called AI F one. Okay, so here we are, just four letters AI F one. And admittedly, these chat now. Listen, I'm in the news business, I guess, but I have never met somebody who was so Averse to being uh, trying to be honest with you, then you know those reporters. When you go, tell me who you really think is going to win the Super Bowl. Well, you know, I can't, I can't speculate (laughs) on that. When the Jazz, when we have Jazz brass on the air with us, and we go, hey, what happened with this? And they'll go, I can't really talk about that right now. That's always fun for me. But I thought that the computer would be a little bit more that they'd be a little bit more open. So let's have our first go here. I've asked a couple questions, so I'm going to have her answer for me. The first one is. Uh, who are the best F1 drivers of all time? Just a simple one to start off with. No controversy, right? Uh, she gave me 10. I say she because this is what her voice sounds like. And, of course, she gives you the uh, the thing at the very beginning what's like a disclaimer. So here, take a listen to what her ranking was. Now, I will also say she says the number after their name, and it's actually the number of the person who's next, so if that makes sense. So here's your list. According to ChatGPT, the most – Uh, are the best F1 drivers of all time. Here we go.
0: As an AI language model, I don't have personal opinions or beliefs. Come on. However, here's a list of some of the best F1 drivers of all time, in no particular order. Okay. One, Michael Schumacher 2, Ayrton Senna 3, Juan Manuel Fangio 4, Jim Clark 5, Alain Prost 6, Nicky Lauda 7, Lewis Hamilton 8, Jackie Stewart (laughs) 9, Sebastian Vettel 10, Nelson Piquet.
1: Nelson Piquet, number 10?
2: Now, right. when Lewis Hamilton's eight, then we know we've got a long ways to go. the ro- The robots are not taking over anytime well, I soon. I love how
1: she's all, in no particular order. Number one, Michael Schumacher. <laughs> like she has her own views on it. I know she's a. And then she goes with Ayrton Senna, number two, which you know that that would that's a controversy in itself. But you got a lot of people who would say absolutely. Like in terms of a pure racer, sure, best. You know. But, mm-hmm. yeah, to put Lewis Hamilton at that eighth spot, right? Uh, that,
2: that's like when they pranked Shaq on uh, inside the NBA when they told the best centers of all time and yeah. they put him at, like, 10th or then, something.
1: Then, or, or when uh, 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 Will Ferrell got up at the ESPYs and goes, hey, there's Tiger Woods. Hey, <laughs> arguably the fourth or fifth best black golfer today. <laughs> and he started dying because, obviously, come on. I mean, jeez. Uh I, uh, I uh, no. no I, by the I, way, no, no, uh, no. or, or uh, Max Verstappen to be found on the top list no, of all time. By the way,
2: no. And I think and I think that like these models, like they they train on data that isn't exactly totally up to date, and so it might be looking at a, a version of the internet before Max ever won a championship.
1: Okay. Well, how about this then? Why did Mercedes lose the F one? 2021 constructors title okay oh, okay so she's got an explanation here and I and I I uh I don't know you tell me if it's accurate
0: Mercedes lost the 2021 constructors title in F1 due to a combination of factors oh, yeah. such as the strong performance of Red Bull Racing and their driver Max Verstappen okay reliability issues okay. with the Mercedes cars and strategic errors made by the team during <laughs> the season. Additionally. Mercedes faced challenges in adapting to the new regulations introduced for the 2021 season, which favored teams with a more efficient aerodynamic design. Despite these setbacks, Mercedes still managed to finish second in the constructor's standings demonstrating their competitive spirit and fighting spirit.
1: <laughs> I feel like Toto's like, please put in there that we're yeah. also competitive. Like, like, there's a, <laughs> please tell them also That's, we are very – That wasn't
2: too bad. I might be out of a job. It's just going <laughs> to be Alex and Siri and then, show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is chat GPT. Okay, now I do have one final one, and that is I just wanted a straightforward answer. And uh, so I, I'm going to ask this one. Uh, What is Ferrari's problem this year in F1?
0: As an AI language model, oh, I do on. not have up-to-date information oh. on the current F1 season. However, Ferrari's problems in the past have included issues with their car's aerodynamics, <laughs> engine performance, and tire management. Mm-hmm. They have also faced challenges with their driver's performances and team strategy.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, ChatGPT, it hasn't changed this year either. I don't have access, but let me just take a shot in the dark. Bad team management. uh, Tire tire management. Tire management. Driver bad error, arrow. Uh, bad arrow. Like, just you know what? She knows. Like, look. If I say these five things, that's usually what makes it to where a team is uh, not successful. So there you go.
2: See, you asked relevant questions. I was asking Chat GPT to plan a date between Taylor Swift and Fernando Alonso. <laughs> oh, see, I tried to ask that. I wanted to know. And it gave me uh, that they would have a, a romantic dinner, uh, attend a music festival, and go go karting. So I mean, <laughs> of course they would. I mean. Taylor, Fernando, if you're listening, um, those are just a few
1: ideas. Uh what do you call him? Tayfern? What do oh, you <laughs> by the way Fur... she's she...
2: furler? I have no Fur... idea.
1: Fur <laughs> I will I will say she's definitely a head taller than uh than than Fernando Alonso. That will be awkward. Mm-hmm. Although I don't feel like a guy like Fernando Alonso worries about the height of the ladies that are around him. He almost pre- no, almost prefers him to be taller. Yeah, every <laughs> picture
2: I've seen him with Grid Girls, he's always grid girls. Know, the
1: shortest. That's good. You know what? We missed on that one. We could have named our podcast Grid Girls. The grid Girls. <laughs> <laughs> and then people be just wholly disappointed when they turn this thing on and listen in. Uh, okay, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, Dan, as we move into relevant content again. Uh, you have this weekend teams that are – I mean, you've had some time off, and now when they're you brought up the summer break and how long this has felt. This feels like the summer break, except for teams can actually work on all their. They're, they're working it, during the summer break. They got to lock the doors on the factories and they have to shut it down. This has been a couple or, or three and a half weeks of these teams working their butts off to try to figure out a couple of things. When they talk about bringing updates and upgrades to the to the racetrack, is this a good place? Is is Baku a place where you want to bring? Uh, you know, updates, are, you, are we going to see some teams make a couple of uh, steps forward? Can you make that big of a jump in those three weeks while they were hanging out?
2: I certainly think so, that um, everyone will br- everyone will bring updates to this race. And I think that uh, this is an interesting point in the season to have a break like this because, uh, you, and, you know, three races in and, a you know, a winter testing session or preseason testing session, you learn a lot during that period that you would love to implement. You just kind of need the time in between races that you don't really get until August. So I think we'll see a lot of gains uh, from different teams. We'll see if Red Bull, what else do they have in the bag? Uh, if they're able to maintain that delta with, to the other teams or if uh, everybody else closes the gap. But, uh, you know, Baku is a street circuit that's pretty unique because a lot of the lap is really slow with, like, tight 90-degree corners and there's, like, the tower thing that they drive by. and But then on the front stretch is, like, a super long front stretch. It might be the longest stretch in uh, F1. So there's a really high-speed section combined with, like, most of the lap being really slow. Uh, that high speed section is under DRS. And so, ideally, your wing is open on that um, point of the lap. So, we'll expect cars to bring a high load rear wing. So, big fat rear wing to get the, uh, uh, the downforce down, help. Yeah. yeah. Well, like to get the, the most of the help through uh, the slow parts of the track and then open up the DRS uh, for the straight line stuff. So, I think it's a it's a good, diverse track that will show. Um, or that gives opportunity for people to pick up, uh, gains in a bunch of different areas. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Mercedes is talking a lot or I'm just reading a lot of quotes from Mercedes about like them bringing a lot of, uh, changes now that they are, they've totally ditched their old design philosophy or performance philosophy and they're going with a new one. So I, uh, from what I've read, uh, Zero side pods is probably going to be around for a while because that just, just takes longer to develop. Sure. So I know we've talked about the the Lewis uh, uh, not loving the seat position being so far forward. I think that's probably not changing until 2024. Uh, but uh, everything else, I think, uh, could come a lot quicker.
1: Uh, is there any anything that indicates that this is not going to be Red Bull – uh, being the team that is going to be far and above everybody else, was there anything from the last races that gave you an idea that maybe Mercedes will be more competitive? I think they maybe even shocked themselves, like with how competitive they were. But uh, I'm also a little bit like worried that this thing is just going to be a long, boring weekend of, of Red Bull just taking everything.
2: The Mercedes definitely showed gains uh, at Australia, and I mean they were gonna, they were one-two there for a second before the uh, first red flag. Uh, I still think Max would have gotten around them with the pace that he showed. But I think they're closing the gap. Um, And I think Baku or Azerbaijan just has a high uh, probability for chaos. You know, we've seen uh, Max crash. We've seen Lewis crash over the last couple of years. Um, Charles blew an engine, I think, leading last year. So... I think with that kind of high beta of what the outcomes could be from history, like, uh, I think there's definitely potential there to see somebody other than Red Bull at the top or maybe even Sergio. I think the most interesting fight right now is Sergio versus Max because I think, uh, he's, he's knocking on the door there that if Max isn't per- perfect, then, um, Sergio could, could step in and take that first place in the standings. Uh,
1: philosophical racing slash engineering question here because I was reading this week that Michelin's, CEO was like, "Dude, we would create tires for F one uh, instead of Pirelli all day long." The problem is, is that they want them to create tires that that uh, that are degrading, that are, as he put it, destroying themselves. He's like, "We have no idea how to make tires that destroy themselves for the sake of entertainment." And F1 wants entertainment. He said straight up, like, hey, F1 wants entertainment. And part of that entertainment, it, it, and it was hard, it was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow. I go, oh, shoot. Another variable that just is thrown in there for the sake of competition, it doesn't really actually show if somebody's a great racer or not, is the tire dag thing. Or maybe you're one of those guys that go, oh, he's a tire whisperer. Where do you land on whether or not, wouldn't it just be better to have tires that just did not, you could just put a set of tires on and just see how these guys freaking race throughout?
2: I, I think it is, uh, impossible to create a tire that doesn't degrade or lose performance over the course of a um over the course of a race uh if they created a tire that was so hard that it could last the entire race i think the racing would be extremely boring <laughs> i think when we think back to like all oh, the good old days of racing or the like the series that i think you know are really exciting with lots of passing it's because Like there's just you create those discrepancies and that and that's part of being a great driver is being able to manage those tires and get as much out of them as you can throughout the race. So if anything, I'd want to see tires degrade more, not less, to have more exciting racing. I think where Michelin's coming from is like they they had a stint of really bad PR back in like the mid 2000s when they were in the sport and they had like exploding tires and stuff that like they don't want that. I think corporate risk. Of their brand being associated with like oh well you know max blew a tire and he went into the wall you know for a long time we've had just a single tire provider but for the majority of f one's uh, history they had multiple tire providers and yeah. you had the 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 usgp at indianapolis in 2004
1: firestone five, right
2: 2005 firestone when they had their issues of um you know the teams that were running firestone didn't trust the tire going through that high load last corner of the indy corner um, and so they didn't even start the race and you had like six or eight cars start the race. Wow. It was weird. Um, I remember watching that, uh, and just, that was like the, the craziest thing. So I think it would be a, re- it would be cool to have multiple tire manufacturers again, instead of just one, cause I think it creates another element of competition, um, and variability, but I, I don't know. I don't love the Michelin CEO's answer. I feel like that's a non-answer of him saying we're just never going to be in the sport.
1: We're too good, man. We we just all we do is make tires that don't uh, that don't do great ever. So we're fine. Uh, I think <laughs> about any other anything that makes it to where more variables to me that aren't that don't have to do with the actual racing is tough. Like to, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent would be. In the other sports that we watched, Dan, I mean, it's like uh, there was a problem with the NBA basketball at the beginning of this year or the beginning of the last year. When did they get the new? they When they took on, uh, oh yeah, Spalding or whatever it was, and the players are like, I freaking hate this ball, dude. And like, you can't have the player, you can't have the players hate the equipment that they're using. Or uh, you know, in, in F one's case, if it's not a safe tire, like there's no freaking way these guys are going to race together with it. So. Um, there's there's that to consider as well, and I'm always just like wondering what on earth, uh, you know, the future of of what because they do, and they even require tire changes, right? Don't you have to have at least one uh, one tire one pit stop with a tire change at some point? During you have the race? to
2: use at least two different uh, types of tires during That's the race, like a yeah. soft and a hard. But like as I think back to like the best finishes of you know Formula One or NASCAR that I can remember. Uh, where they're trading places in the final laps, it's because like both cars are on really old tires, and like the the handling is terrible, and these drivers are just passing each other back and forth. Who can find the most grip? It's kind of uh, uh, similar to when it rains. like When it's wet on the track, you see lots of back and forth because the, the drivers are just trying to search for that grip wherever they can find it, and I think it results in more exciting racing uh, personally. So, yeah.
1: Good thing about Baku, I will say this. This is a race that has not had the same winner ever. <laughs> so, in twenty sixteen, hmm. like from year to year. So in twenty six, uh, you've had you've had guys who, but you haven't had somebody repeat. You know, like you, you think Go about back this to back. sport that yeah. So Nico Rosberg back in 2016. 2017, Daniel Ricardo, twenty eighteen, Lewis Hamilton, twenty nineteen, Valtteri Botas, twenty twenty one, uh, Sergio Perez, and then twenty twenty two, Max Verstappen. So. uh could Max be one who goes back-to-back for the first time uh, on this track? Because Baku, at least we can say, has been competitive enough that it's given us a different winner every year for the past uh, now six seasons. So uh, hopefully yeah. hopefully a seventh year in a row of maybe a new winner. That'd be kind of fun. So give me, uh, real quick before we get out, give me a surprise point winner for you this weekend and uh, give me a podium.
2: Uh, I am going to say that uh, McLaren makes great gains and surprises us in the points Uh, and uh, the podium. I'm going to go Sergio because he's so good at the street. Uh, And then Sergio Max Lewis.
1: Okay. I'm going to stick with uh, something that is seeming to have been just the thing now. And that is because I think it's happened all three races. I'm going to put Fernando Alonso on the podium, but he's actually going to get second place, brother. Mm. So he's mm. going up. He's going to be upgraded from second to third. You're going to have him split the two Red Bulls. It's going to be Max on top, and it's going to be Sergio in third. And between the two, there's going to be some weird thing where Checo blows something just a little bit, just enough, to let the champ, uh, the two-time world champion. And uh, you're going to have one Max, two Fernando, three Checo. There you go. Uh, And surprise point winner for me, I'm going to say Zhou Guan Yu uh, gets himself in the points this weekend. I'm going to say a guy who I I kind of have liked his – like him and Yuki have both – like their teams have said, you better freaking step it up. And they kind of have. I think that they kind of have. I think that you're going to see a lot of pressure on Kevin Magnuson this week too. This is a guy who has been outperformed all year by his teammate. And I was not expecting that because he had a really good year jumping back into the sport last year. And Gunther Steiner actually said it this week uh, for the Haas team. He said, look, uh, the pressure is on Kevin and he better figure it out.
2: Yeah. His contract runs uh, through the end of 2023. So he's on a contract year. And like you said, the trend so far is uh, I, I don't think that Haas would renew his contract uh Especially when you have Daniel Ricciardo sitting on the sidelines, even though Danny Ricks hasn't shown any interest in Haas, but uh, yeah, he's got to step it up. Uh,
1: Okay, Um, what about the? I mean, do we do we make any predictions on the? Does that affect us at all? The fantasy stuff on uh, on you know with the with the sprint races or any of that?
2: That is a good question. I haven't looked into that. Uh, I imagine so that they'll count that. You'd have to think so.
1: I I mean, just Just
2: overall points.
1: Sure. And then, uh, well, you know what's sad is neither of us even mentioned Ferrari. What's Ferrari's deal going into this race? Oh, man.
2: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Rumors of uh, Charles talking to, uh, to Mercedes. That's what I keep hearing. But I think that only happens if Lewis retires, right? I don't think Lewis is swapping to any other team. He either retires or or stays at Mercedes. So if Lewis is going f- to to finish, even though he says he has more years in him, then Charles is probably the most likely candidate to replace Lewis over there. So they, Ferrari has got to step it up. Oh yeah. The uh, news that there was um, the sporting director from Ferrari is taking over the team principal role at the end of the year at Alpha Tauri and Franz toast is out.
1: Yeah. I think that I'd heard that Franz toast was uh, kind of, they were like, Hey, I know that Helmet Marco looks like he's a hundred years old, but you really are a hundred years old. So we're going to have to push you out. They were like basically trying to be nice to him about saying, "Yeah, we've kind of hit the edge of your uh, of your performance here." And and AlphaTauri, of course, they're they're expecting a lot out of them. They're waiting for them to screw it up so they can shut it down. So uh, Dan, there it is, our Azerbaijan preview and our first go at AI and F1 to try to predict the weekend here for us. Uh, I didn't learn any more about about the race by uh, by going to our AI friends, so I think you're still good on uh, on a job <laughs> okay. there. So there you go. Great. Uh, so for Dan, I'm Alex. For uh, the folks at KSL Sports, KSL Podcast, thank them. Also, you can send us uh, emails, danjimenez at gmail.com, alexkiry A-L-E-X-K-I-R-R-Y at gmail.com. Subscribe, download, uh, tell a friend about F1, and also you can comment on the podcast as well. We'd love it or comment on those uh, and give us a nice rating there. All right, we'll see you next time, everybody. We'll break down Azerbaijan next time you hear our voices.